We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. What's going on, man? Uh, Nothing, man. Just uh, chilling, checking out all these clips from the uh, Senior Bowl. Hoping tonight, you know, hoping to be able to dive into the practices, you know, I got some access to that. So um, shout out to my guy, Damien. He was kind of like over that with Croc Report, getting us all uh, credentialed and everything. And he did he did an excellent job of, of getting that done. But, uh, yeah, I think tonight I'm going to log in and, and watch a bunch of senior bowl practices and see kind of, you know, guys that I like. Obviously, I've seen I've seen a bunch of clips. But I just really want to be able to watch everything for myself. So, Hey, shout out to Damien, man, for the hookup. Yeah, man. Team Croc Report. You guys are doing good. What's the what's the latest with Crocker Report, man? How's everything going? Especially like during the Senior Bowl. How's that? How is that for Crocker Report? And are are, are your guys like like putting in work? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's busting down film, and we're you know we're getting starting to get to our evaluations. That's to me, that's the pretty much the purpose of Crocker Report. Just you know, college football, you know, evaluations and everything like that. Obviously, we you know we do like articles, and we'll probably get into that more, like just like pure articles. But for the most part. Is more just like the player evaluations. And, um, you know, we've done other good things. I know Damien uh, just had an interview with a, a defensive back. 
and um, that went well. And it's actually we have the Crawford Report podcast that we just dropped, so um, that interview's on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean it's going well. It, it's going well. It's good, man. With yeah, me, it's got- hard though because you know obviously I'm, I you know I just started my own training, you know, athletic training uh, business, and you know trying to balance the two, you know, it's kind of hard to put like all your effort into two things at one time. So luckily, you know, I have uh, a really good team with Crawford Report. They're kind of carrying me right now because I've put more of my focus into uh, my athletic training, you know, business and the next steps for that. So, um, but yeah, Crawford Report is doing very well. Yeah, you got a lot going on, man. I wouldn't say a lot, just two things that are like, you know, when this, when you're all in on, on just, you know, building your own brand in two different avenues, it's, it seems like a lot. I wouldn't say it's a lot, but it, it's it's just kind of hard to balance it. I guess I, I should say. Yeah. Again, uh-huh. like I have a team. I have a team with Crop Report, so that's that's a little that's a little easier to kind right. of you know. It's like all right, Damian. Like you know, you you're kind of manning everything right now. Him and my guy Mike Fees. Um, but with with the training, it's just me. So you know, that's that's a little tougher because now it's you know I'm yeah, it's all me. yeah that's good man it's it's been cool to watch dude i mean uh, pretty much all of that has been created and taken off while we've been doing striking gold so it's it's like i feel like i've got like a front row seat to watching it all happen it's pretty it's been pretty legit dude it's a good time i enjoy it right now the only thing i'm waiting on is um hey don't even say it i knew you were gonna go there don't even say it no i wasn't gonna say that i was gonna say but i mean yeah that too but um and you waiting on me to finish up a logo that I'm taking too long on, and it's my bad. Yeah, but no, that's not that's not what I was gonna say. Hey, how um, much right, is that logo costing you, by the way? Hey, no, I wasn't. Gonna say <laughs> <laughs> All right, so forget Rob right now. What I was gonna say was, um, right now I'm waiting to hear back from I don't even know what to call them contractors or whatever, like just the people that you know build buildings, <laughs> and um, we're pricing out, you know, how much the all the you know supplies are going to cost, and then how much it's going to cost for us to actually build a twenty-one thousand square foot uh, building wow. to create this facility. So um, I should know in the next day or two how much that's going to cost. I'm going to sit down with myself and my quote-unquote investor, and we're going to map out exactly how we're going to do this thing and go about it. I've already started to kind of build a um, a team of trainers uh, from this area. Two guys I feel very very comfortable uh, kind of building this whole thing with, and uh, yeah, man, like I'm in a prime area to really take over the, all of all, all of southeast Arkansas. And um, I'm right there by uh, Mississippi and Louisiana as well. So this is going to be one of those facilities kind of like, you know, D, D1. Uh, I don't know if we have one in California, but more towards this way and like the Midwest and like Texas and everything. They have these D1 sports uh, training facilities. And my gym would be something like that. But, yeah, they ain't got one in, in this area like that. So it's going to be a really, really big thing. Really, I'm really excited about it. But, yeah, that, that's been taking a lot of my focus, getting all that stuff situated, getting all that stuff taken care of, um, figuring out different ways. Okay, like what other things am I going to, you know, have to, you know, generate income and, you know, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. But um, really fun getting that thing started, man. It's a, it's a dream of mine. That that shows you how insecure I am about how long it's taken me to finish up that logo because you weren't even saying you were waiting on me. 
you were, you were saying you were waiting on those guys to get a hold of them or whatever. And, and I just cut in and I'm like, oh man, like, don't say it. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> but if y'all want to know what Rob is talking about, um, Rob, he creates all my logos for me and he, he does an excellent job. And with, uh, my, so I have the Crocker Report logo that, that he created. And then I also have my Rise Athletics training, uh, logo that Rob created and they have like the same uh, color scheme that he's done with those. And then now I'm doing, I don't want to say like a spinoff, but I'm adding to Rise Athletics uh, a nonprofit portion that's going to be called Rise Up. And Rise Up is going to also be the name of my 707 team. And, um, but with the nonprofit portion of it, I'm going to be bringing these kids. Um, they're going to have tutors. We're going to be going on college visits. Uh, you know, but through the nonprofit, you know, I'll be receiving donations and these people will be able to, you know, the business people will be able to use that as tax write-offs and stuff like that. But um, be, be able to take kids on, you know, college college uh, trips, you know, to, you know, see universities, things like that, pay for these tutors. Um, yeah, just a bunch of things that like, you know, clothes, you know, drives and, you know, everything like, you know, I just want to be able to touch on everything in the sense of helping like these kids, helping this community and everything. So, um I'm, I'm I'm really excited to get that going, and that's that that goes hand in hand with my rise athletics training. So, and through that, people will be able to um, donate money to sponsor a kid, right? So, if there's say there's a kid that can't afford to pay for uh, athletic training, there's going to be a fund to where money comes directly from that to where uh, you know a kid like okay, you don't have as much money, but they'll be put on what I will call a scholarship. So they have to have a certain uh, grade point average, and if they don't have that grade point average right away, they will have to meet certain requirements to eventually get that, kind of be on, like, academic probation. But they'll be able to train for free as long as their uh, attendance to the gym is on point, and um, it'll be, you know, sponsored by somebody. So say, like, Rob. If Rob, like, all right, I want to send $85 a month to sponsor a kid, he can donate it to Rise Up, which is a nonprofit. You know, I'll give him a tax write-off uh, number, and then that mon- that money will go towards a kid uh, to train for free. So that's how that whole well, thing. Well, damn, goes. put me on the spot, dude. I might have to do that. Well, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm inspired me. It's a good idea. It's yeah. a good idea. I'm down. I got. I mean, shit, man. If it helps somebody else out and become what they want to become, then why not? Why not? Well, ultimately, uh, it ends up going to my pockets, kind of that part of it. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, so you know, don't worry. That's, I, you know, I already give you enough, bro. I, 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 I want to give Crock eighty-five dollars a month. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Anyways, enough about Crocker's bullshit. I, I feel like we just have to hear about Crocker's bullshit like all the time. Like, you just, you just <laughs> never. It just doesn't. I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, I, and yeah. I know, and I know that that we all enjoy Crocker's bullshit. So it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So I mean. I say, you know, obviously, I mean, we know what the people want to hear about. We know what they want to hear about. And we we read it, we were reading it all. Maybe there's some people out there that don't want to talk about it anymore. But we've been uh we've been reading at it all day. We've been rereading about it all week. We've been we've been hearing from sources all over the place coming from all different angles of Twitter. Like we just you guys know what I'm talking about. It's this it's the uh the evolution of the Matthew Stafford rumors and the fact that the 49ers have seemingly emerged as the favorite to trade for Matthew Stafford. And I say that without a whole lot of concrete 
evidence that they're the favorite, but it's more of kind of like the way things seem to be leaning and the betting odds have the 49ers in the front. Right, which is huge because Vegas, they're typically not too far off. I'll say that. I've always been blown away, at, and it doesn't really a, 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 you know apply to the Matthew Stafford-type Vegas betting. I've always just amazed at how close Vegas is with scores. You know, like when you're when you're betting on games and the overs and the unders and the total points and and, and like it, it seems like I'm just always blown away at how close Vegas is on that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just seems like way more often than not, the score is almost exactly what Vegas thought it was. Yeah. Or would well, think be. think about like how many times like somebody's very last play screwed up a, a point spread that Vegas you know put put out there. So. When you see the 49ers, you know, ahead in the odds, I don't think Vegas just throws shit at the wall and see if it sticks. You know, I think not when it not when it involves money. <laughs> right. I think it's, you know, that that's whatever feeling, whatever uh, mob boss person bookie handler <laughs> they have investigating this stuff. Um, somebody has some kind of inside source to say, not that it's like a concrete thing, but hey. I think 49ers are the favorites. I'm about to put some money on it. I think I'm going to put like a couple hundred dollars on it. They're plus 350 right now. So a couple hundred will profit me, you know, $700. It's probably, uh, it's probably uh, Teresa Mendoza from uh, Queen of the South. Have you been watching that? Oh, yeah. I'm in like midway through season three, bro. Oh, is it, uh, <laughs> it's legit, right? Dude, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's real, and the characters are awesome. Like uh, Pote, her like, her like right-hand yeah. man, he's yeah. awesome. And how he um, became her right hand man, like just all of that. Right. Yep. 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 And uh, the James guy. I mean, there's, there's. I haven't finished. I haven't gotten. I know there's a whole season and a half for me to watch, but there's just a lot of a lot of good characters that I like that I like to watch. You know, it's yeah. it's it's very entertaining. But anyways, so the Matthew Stafford stuff. I mean, we did break a lot of this down when it was very first announced that the Lions had agreed to trade for Matthew Stafford. Now, some kind of little details have emerged here, here and there to kind of clarify the situation. Uh, the most recent thing about the Matthew Stafford stuff in general that was tweeted out by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk said that essentially that the Lions feel like they're not getting as much interest in Matthew Stafford as they thought they were going to get. And the article went on to expand that roughly one-third of the teams in the NFL have have reached out to the Lions about what it would cost to acquire Matthew Stafford, which, you know, give or take, 10-ish teams, somewhere in there, 10 or 11 teams, 9, 10, 11, whatever. You guys know what I mean. So apparently they feel like that's less interest than they thought they were going to get. To me, it seems like a decent amount of interest. <laughs> You know, like if one third of the league has has called up uh, uh, the Lions about trading for their quarterback, and and they, he went on to make some points about the fact that you know some teams that are interested may be letting the Lions kind of cool their heels and see if they lose composure a little bit and get a little bit more desperate to trade him. Maybe the cost comes down, stuff like that. But I mean, we, well, we Crocker and I read that, and we kind of decided that we felt we should try and predict the teams that are that have probably already reached out, right? Right. And, and when we say reach out, reaching out could just be a phone call, you know, uh, you know, hey, you know, so is he really for trade? You know, he's really up? All right. Uh, 
We'll so, get back to you. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> talk soon. We'll see how this, you know, everything kind of goes, and you know, we'll talk we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> like it could just be that. <laughs> but hey, um, and don't know. don't forget. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to make sure we both remember this. I want to make sure before we end up talking about the whole 49ers possibly trading for Stafford thing, I want to make sure you mentioned uh, what we were texting about earlier about the Alex Smith stuff. Okay, so you was it you that kind of initiated it or? We were talking well, yeah, about I mean, we can we can talk about it right now. The the thing that I had brought up to Crocker um, was with uh, I kind of like was taking a lot of these Stafford rumors not with a grain of salt. I, I obviously I believe he's he's up for trade. I do believe the Forty Nine ers are going to be very seriously looking into it and might be one of the strongest pushers to acquire him. But it's uh, to me, I was kind of like I never really got all jacked up about it because I'm like we're still a month and a half away from the start of the new league year. Nothing can be official until then. And I mentioned to Crocker, I was like, okay, so does that mean the Lions are just going to be open for business that entire time and they're not even going to bother telling somebody, okay, you have a deal until the start of the new league year? And Crocker, being the genius, the the savant, the the intelligent man that he is, came up with, immediately came up with a couple of examples to, to kind of um, – Send that idea to the wayside. Because, again, I kind of was like, well, none of this is going to happen until the start of the new league year anyways. And Crocker was like, pump the brakes, beep, beep, back up. Um, what was what were the, the couple of Alex Smith examples, Crocker? So the, the, the first one, and, again, I, I'll look at it from that perspective, and then I'll look at it from a devil's advocate uh, perspective, but or, like, more so from your perspective, but – it was these things do happen, right? Like, like they can agree to terms to a trade right now. And once you agree to terms to a trade, like you don't renege. That's not something you renege. It's like, all right, look, this is the trade. This is what we're doing. We agree to it. It'll become official once the new league year starts. And that has happened with Alex Smith twice, right? So, well, I knew one time, and then I actually had to look up the other one. But with the Alex Smith being traded from Kansas City to Washington. That was before the Super Bowl was played. So he got traded at the very end of January in 2018. So that was like right now. <laughs> so <laughs> he was he was traded. It was agreed upon the, the trade, the deal, right now. Um, you know, to get dealt to Washington. So you know, so that was one example. And then I looked up like, hmm, what was when did he get traded from the 49ers? And that happened a month from now, like a month from actually a month from today. So that was February 27th. He was traded from the 49ers to Kansas City. So obviously those are two examples of him being or of a player being moved well before the new league year starts. So as that kind of, you know, pertains to Matthew Stafford, to me, it's, if the 49ers and the Lions agree upon a trade right now, they they can they can do it. And then it'd be a trade and then it just becomes official throughout the league. Um, you know, once the new league year starts, which is March seventeenth, I believe. I think that's when it starts. Yeah, I know so, it's er- I know it's early March. Yeah, it's like March fifteenth, March sixteenth, somewhere around there. So that's when the new league year starts and then it's and then now it's official. But um, I'm pretty sure even before then, uh, Stafford would be already house shopping, if not already in a house. And the one thing I said was, 
you know, it depends on how the Lions want to look at it. They can look at it from two perspectives. Like, and your thing was, well, they might just want to slow play it and see if they get any better options. What I was thinking is, I don't think that there, you know, he t- Florio talked about some teams that will be very interested, right? Like, or not teams that are very interested. About three quarters of the team has looked into, all right, let's just reach out to the Lions and see maybe what they want or whatever. Not three quarters, excuse me, one third. All right. So I really only think there's going to be three teams, about three teams that will be strongly interested. You know, I think eventually it's going to come down to two teams. I don't think it takes a long time to figure out who's going to be strongly interested in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I think it's going to come down to the 49ers and maybe, like, the Colts or something. Um, the teams I kind of – the only way I see it kind of, like, slow playing out is if a team, like, that's picking in the top ten wants to take longer to evaluate – the quarterback prospects, maybe meet them at their pro days and things like that. And then maybe they tell Lions, like, hey, hang tight. We want to meet Trey Lance. We want to meet Zach Wilson. Um, see if, you know, it's possible that we are, you know, we're able to acquire one of those guys um, or if we really like them. And if they don't, then, all right, go ahead, make the trade. I mean, if they do, like, if they like, you know, a Zach Wilson or like a Trey Lance. Go ahead, like, you know, you guys can't make the trade. But if not, then, hey, maybe they'll be willing to give up the ninth pick. Now, another thing is how many, you know, most teams I don't think will be willing to move a top 10 pick, especially a quarterback-needy team that's in striking range of a higher, like, you know, uh, like a, a, a Fields or Zach Wilson or maybe even like a Trey Lance. So, like, I think those teams are going to be a little bit more inclined to, like, take the younger prospect. Whereas the 49ers, they're just in a totally, completely different, uh, like, time, right? This is not like a rebuild time, right? Like like the Panthers. There is a little bit more of a rebuild situation. Um, the Texans, if they trade uh, Deshaun Watson, that's going to be more of a rebuild situation. Even, let's see, another team that might be interested. Denver Broncos. I think they might be the other team that could strongly be interested in Stafford. But are they going to be willing to give up a top – we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I think that's what kind of what it comes down to. I think the 49ers are in a situation where they kind of need to need, they need to win right now. Kyle needs to win now. Like there's not like, okay, let's just wait. No, if you think that 
Stafford gives you the best chance of winning right now, you kind of have to go for it because ideally you would probably go the younger situ- younger way, right, of develop- drafting and developing the guy. But if Kyle has a losing season next year, that will be four out of five years he's been a coach where he's had a losing season. And that that's not good. So I don't think he can even leave that up for chance. That That's just my opinion. So I think the 49ers will strongly be interested. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash gold, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. And and that's what it, that's what I mentioned. And we mentioned this a little bit last time when we talked about the Stafford stuff when it first broke uh, over the weekend. Is it's put up or shut up time for Kyle Shanahan? Like there's if 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 you're gonna roll with Jimmy Garoppolo next season, you're gonna ro- you're rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo confident that he's gonna stay healthy and then he's gonna win you football games. And I wouldn't necessarily I would wouldn't necessarily call fault Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for thinking that, especially when the price of Stafford and other quarterbacks and trading up and stuff, you know, we don't necessarily know what that is. So, um, you know, maybe if those get a little too heavy, then, you know, I can understand if they roll with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the big, the big, the big other side of the story when it comes to rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo is, is there's no more excuses, you know, like you've chosen that as your guy. And even on a, even in a year where you could have either cut him, um, I'm not sure how much luck they'd have with trading him, but, you could have cut him and only owed him like $2 million or only lost like $2 million in the process. So the, to me, the door is wide open for if the 49ers want to move on. And to me, that puts the ball in Kyle Shanahan's court, in John Lynch's court. And like you said, if if they decide like, yeah, let's just stick with Jimmy Garoppolo and see what happens, and the result is not good, then you know, you, you're turning that spotlight a little more towards you as far as who's at fault for all these losing seasons. And, and so I do think the pressure is on the 49ers to 
to make a move. And if they don't make a move, then that means that they have the utmost confidence in what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to bring to the table next season. But I think that's a good transition for uh, – well, no, you know what? We were talking about other teams. Let's let's finish talking about other teams first because let's, let's look at the draft order. What are some of the teams that you feel like have – all right, let's put it this way first. Which teams can outbid the 49ers that, that you also think would be interested in somebody like Matthew Stafford? You know, so obviously it would have to be a teams in the top 10, right? Because right. I look at it with, um, like, say, the Colts with a team that I feel like will be strongly interested, but the 49ers holding that 12th pick, they have the leverage there. So it would have to be teams that pick in the top 10. So you've got – so, I mean, the team's picking in the top ten. Dallas is kind of like a wild card because they could see Stafford as like, hey, we can get Stafford. We think he'll be really good in our offense with the type of talent we have. I mean, yes, it would involve moving on from Dak Prescott, but they're like, we would be able to get Stafford for half the cost of Dak Prescott. But, again, with all this being said, you're talking about Dallas giving up a top ten pick – a, a the tenth pick. You're talking about Denver giving up the ninth pick. Carolina could be interested. Now you're talking about the eighth pick. All of those teams have the ammunition to outbid the 49ers, but it, are they really going to be willing to give up that pick for Matthew Stafford? Uh, you know, who's going to be 33 this season? I don't. I don't know, man. That seems hard to believe. Yeah. Um, so you, like you said, you're. Kind of bringing up the teams that we think would be interested, right? So if we're just saying, we'll just say 10 teams. I think one, uh, right away, I would say, like, I'm, I don't have the top. I should probably pull up the top 10 teams right now. Yeah, I got that. I got. I just got that Tankathon site in front of me. So some other teams that would be interested, uh, Atlanta probably might be interested, given no, how much. No, not with, not with, not with uh, who their quarterback is. I, I can't see that. I could well, dude. I mean, they're I think, Matt Ryan. Like that's I know that, like but the, but I think they're paying Matt Ryan like forty million dollars a year. Yeah, but I just can't see. You can't. I don't think you can go from like because Matt Ryan. That's a lateral move. Like they're both good quarterbacks. They both do well. Like I, I don't think that's like we're going to kind of touch on like an upgrade and what one guy does better than the other guy. I don't think that's an upgrade. Like well, here's Matt here's Ryan. the reason why I mentioned the Falcons. Okay. As of right now, as far as what's being projected in 2021, the Falcons are $36 million in debt over the salary cap. So I'm just I'm, – and, and, and Matt Ryan is in 2021 is going to have a $40 million cap number. So – and, and I'm not saying the Falcons would be interested with the fourth overall pick. Obviously not. That would be insane. But if they moved – if they moved on – moved to Matthew Stafford – I mean, but again, you look at this contract, like it looks like they'd have like $49 million in dead money. Like there's stuff there I probably don't know, but I'm just looking at it as a way they'd be able to make a lateral move. They meaning Matt Ryan's a solid quarterback. They'd make a lateral lateral move, still have a solid quarterback and save $20 million, you know, which for them, if you're that much in debt, that might be something that they look into, but I don't necessarily, to your point, I don't think they're like seriously contenders. And maybe those are the only teams we really want to talk about. All right. And especially if I'm picking fourth and I have Matt Ryan already, I'm I'm willing to draft a quarterback. And, you know, again, they have a new regime, new head coach, new general manager. I'd probably go the draft route. And, um, you know, if I am thinking about quarterback, I, I'd, go the, I'd go the draft route. 
and get a Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, whoever kind of lands uh, to me at four. And from there, yeah, I'd go that. I'd go that route. So, and and then, you know, eventually just kind of get rid of Matt Ryan. That would yeah, be I, I agree. I, I, wouldn't, sure. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try to make a trade for uh, Stafford and then cut, you know. I, I wouldn't do that. So, I, yeah, I'd say they're off. You know, I'm looking at some of the um, other teams. you got Cincinnati, you know. Eagles, they fired their head coach, and I think part of the reason why is because they want to keep Carson Wentz and kind of repair that uh, relationship with him. So I say the Eagles are off the table. Yep. Uh, the Lions pick seventh. So obviously, you know, <laughs> um, so I think the real conversations for people that will be looking into uh, Stafford, the Carolina Panthers, yep. the Denver Broncos, yep. the Dallas Cowboys at 10, yep. and possibly even the New York Giants at 11. Yep. I think all, all, I think all of those teams could be teams that called. All right, so so we're talking about the teams that we think called. So I think those four four teams called. Um, moving down, yeah, I'd say New England at fifteen. Yep. They probably called uh, Washington Raiders. I don't know, but uh, Washington definitely. Chicago, Chicago definitely. definitely. Indianapolis definitely. Yep. Um, Pittsburgh possibly. Pittsburgh possibly, and maybe even the Jets with their 23rd pick, not the, not the second pick in the draft, but maybe with their 20, 23rd pick, they could have called to inquire. Yep. And maybe even Jacksonville, just because, you know, they have the number one overall pick, which I would assume that they would take Lawrence. But Oh, you know, my they, gosh. Could you imagine, bro? <laughs> they take somebody else number one, and then they trade the 25th for Stafford. Like, the NFL would go crazy. Right. Well, that's what um, that's what Kansas City did when they traded for Alex Smith. They had the number one overall pick, but the best quarterback in that class was Mike Lennon or something like that. So Ouch. it was like the like the quarterback that was a terrible, terrible quarterback class. So they had to kind of make a move for somebody like uh, uh, Alex Smith. So they they traded away. I think they traded away the number one overall pick, or maybe they drafted Fish, Fisher. The offensive tackle, the one that just got hurt, I think he just hurt his Achilles in the last game. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Yep. They might have drafted him number one overall and then and then uh, traded, you know, the two second-round picks for Alex Smith. But anyways, we've seen that happen kind of before. Uh, so maybe Jacksonville with the 25th pick. And then from there, uh, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. I think them at 28, I think they could have called. And I think from there, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, so that's, that's probably you, if we went back and if we went back and added that up, you probably just listed like ten or eleven teams, right? You know, so we're right there. But again, like we've talked about, we talked about this before. I feel like the Forty ers are just you know the only team. I feel like the Forty ers are maybe the way better a better way of saying the Forty ers are in better position is maybe the Forty ers are the sweet spot. You know what I mean? They, I feel like the 12th overall pick, it's valuable, but if the 49ers had to give it up to get Stafford, I feel like they would be able to stomach it. Whereas, and maybe there's some trade, some, some, some pick swapping action going on where the 49ers get the Lions second rounder or, you know, something like that, maybe even in the following year. But I mean, you've got the Giants in Dallas, Denver, Carolina. You're looking at top 10 picks where, you know, they could be in the running for their, their own quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. I don't know, man. It's just first, like I mean, I mean, I feel that 
I feel like the 49ers are just in a, in a pretty sweet spot. And the, I mean, I guess what, what we could kind of transition to after that is, is what is, what is, what does Stafford give the 49ers that's worth even discussing the 12th overall pick for? What, why is he worth that? All right. So just my opinion with him, one, you have a player that has consistently played more than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now in 2019, Stafford, I believe missed half the season. And then this last year, he played most of the season kind of banged up. Right. So, but I mean, you, you talked about it, but prior to 2019, he had rattled off like, what, like seven straight years of playing every single game, which is One, what you two, want from your three, quarterback? Four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight straight seasons of starting 16 games. Right. So, awesome. Um, so, from that standpoint, he brings you more stability, at least at the quarterback position. All right. Now, on the, on the other hand, he kind of takes Kyle Shanahan's – I don't even want to say he takes the offense to another level because with Jimmy Garoppolo, they were – one of the more efficient offenses in the league, um, top five offense, uh, number two offense, I want to say, in scoring. So obviously that's a really good offense. I think where he helps is, aside from just, you know, you can count on him for the most part to be healthy enough to play. Uh, aside from that, he does he opens up things for Kyle Shanahan. He makes life easier for Kyle. When you, when you watch Garoppolo – play right now, Kyle has done an excellent job of creating an offense that Jimmy Garoppolo can be successful in. Now, again, it's not the ideal offense in the sense of everything has to be out right now, one, two, three balls out. Everything, for the most part, is between the num- between the hashes, really, or to out- right outside the hashes, unless it's a schemed-up shot. Um, he kind of limits, like he kind of shrinks the field in a sense of his throwing ability. Now, obviously you've seen them open up doing more things where, you know, the jet sweeps and, uh, you know, the moon motion uh, or ghost motion tosses to Debo Samuel. And they've done different things to kind of, you know, generate uh, big plays and whatnot. But a lot of what they do, it's, it's really, it's, it's a lot more difficult to kind of have to call up offense to Garoppolo's strength. So just from that standpoint, Kyle, although not a bad offense with Garoppolo, is just limited where why is, you know, Stafford worth it? Well, with Stafford, he he brings you more of the ability just in a simple, from a simple standpoint, to throw outside the numbers, you know, which you would think that's not like a big deal, but with Garoppolo right now, it seems like that's something that he's not comfortable doing for whatever reason. So from that standpoint, that opens up things more a little bit for you. Um, that allows the receivers to do more receiver things that you and I were kind of complaining about throughout this year. Um, you know, also, you know, more kind of deep downfield shots that don't have to be schemed open. You know, uh, Stafford can make those throws. Now, again, Kyle, because of who he is, will create an offense to where now, hey, you don't have to force things. You don't have to do this, that, and the other. But you can make these throws. Now he can kind of scheme up, scheme up shots or, or uh, plays that are more explosive to the offense. So, you know, you could possibly see a, an offense where 
Stafford only throws for 300 more yards than what Garoppolo did, right? Say like 4,200 yards. But it's the field is more wide open for Kyle to be able to call plays, and everything doesn't have to be so condensed. And I think that's where you win a lot, especially if you're Kyle Shanahan. And then just the ability, the off-scripted plays, um, the plays where it's like, man, I didn't really dial up this shot or I didn't call this shot, but Stafford is still able to make this throw or make this play. And I think, you know, those things. We saw it one time with Garoppolo. I don't want to say just one time. We've seen it a couple times where, you know, Garoppolo has made a throw where it's like, damn, that was good. Okay, um, week one against Minnesota Vikings where he spun out of it, threw that ball to the back of the end zone to uh, uh, Dante Pettis, right? Like plays like that where you're just like, wow, that was a great job by Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, great throw, great, you know, ability to make a play, make something out of nothing. I think Matthew Stafford does things like that where you're just kind of wowed a little bit more. So outside of doing just the simple necessary thing, being able to throw outside the numbers, being able to throw downfield better, being able to open up the offense more for Kyle Shanahan and make it easier for him calling plays, he also gives you a little bit more of the wow plays, you know, and that's not obviously why you're, you're just not training for him because of that, but he can just do more. And again, it might not show up 100% on the stat sheet to where, uh, you know, uh, just oh, he just threw for a thousand more yards than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that's what you would expect. I think it's just we can do more with this guy and we can count on him to be healthier. So uh, those are the reasons why I feel like it's worth the 12th overall pick. And I think even more than that, it's like we said a few minutes ago, it's put up or shut up time. You know, this is a time where the 49ers, you have to you have to make that move. So if Jimmy Garoppolo won, you're, I don't think he's talented enough to be a guy that you wait on that you're having to scheme around his deficiencies. But you're trying to wait and hope that he's healthy? I mean, I think that alone in this time where the 49ers are kind of in win-now mode, I think that's enough alone to kind of figure out different ways to move on move on from him. Yeah, it, it, I think you summed it up good earlier, man. When it, when it comes to losing seasons, Kyle Shanahan's had a lot. And, and up to this point, the 49ers have always had a pretty good excuse. You know, I mean, there's always been kind of a reason. You know, one, in 2017, the 49ers sucked because it wasn't their roster. They had to completely rebuild it with all new players that, you know, that they paid a lot for in free agency that all were coming together for the first time. Everybody understood it when the 49ers just weren't that great, and they didn't have good quarterback play. And then in, uh, you know, it wasn't until the end of 2017 when Jimmy Garoppolo came walking in, the 49ers started to win games. Then in 2018, 49ers looked okay, but then Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, and it was more of what we saw in early 2017. Then 2019 rolls along, and hell, 49ers are in the Super Bowl. Damn. Everybody stayed healthy. They had consistent quarterback play. They went to the damn game. And then in 2020, Jimmy Garoppolo played okay, got hurt, tried to come back, played okay, kind of bad, and then realized he shouldn't be on the field, and then that was that. So they've all kind of, you know, but again, the, the point that a lot of people like to make is two of those losing seasons were lost due to Garoppolo's injuries. And at some point, 
you're held accountable for those as coaches because that's the player you're 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 putting your chips in their corner and if they can't stay healthy then you know you're and no matter what you're losing your chips so um to me the the thing with Stafford is like you said there's a little bit of a durability there that he's proven sure he's had he's dealt with some injuries last year but as far as a, an overall body of work he seems to be much more reliable and then the thing that you were kind of talking about that you you know and you put all that really well is the simplest way I can explain it is Kyle Shanahan has to compensate for Garoppolo's weaknesses, whereas with Kyle, with Matthew Stafford, I feel like Kyle Shanahan would be instead of focusing on how he can how he can compensate for Garoppolo's weaknesses, he'd be focusing on how he can take advantage of Matthew Stafford's strengths, and right. and I feel like. Matthew Stafford enhances Kyle Shanahan offense, Kyle Shanahan's offense. With somebody like Matthew Stafford, Kyle Shanahan, for the most part, can probably do about 95% of all the shit he's always wanted to do, and maybe he's going to actually start adding some other things in that Matthew, Matthew Stafford's just freakish arm and kind of ability to make those crazy plays gives you. Whereas with Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan was removing a lot of his offense, and sure, he's probably creating new things, but it's really all all centered around the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo's really not making any throws down the field or you know making any wow throws that you really want out of your quarterback. So I just feel like Matthew Stafford, you know, the beginning question was why is he worth the 12th overall pick? One, because the 49ers are, are built to win right now. Um, I feel like if they got somebody like Matthew Stafford, the projections would be playoff team for sure, probably winning their division and then you know a, a legitimate playoff team you know could be a, a good candidate to make a late playoff push you know to they, they maybe they'd be expected to be one of the teams in the playoffs late so i, I have just, a take too um where, where you were talking about with you you brought up 2017 and why he gets a pass for that year i think one thing that kind of gets overlooked aside from jimmy garoppolo winning those you know five straight games 49ers actually won six out of the last seven games. But prior to that, if people kind of remember, 49ers have lost five straight games by three or less points. Yeah. Yep. In those games, the biggest difference was that they don't – They, I mean, I mean, uh, I don't want to say just the quarterback position because they were – I mean, if you think it was week one – no, week two, it was a shootout with the, with the Rams. Yeah. Uh, but even then, even in that game, uh, Hoyer threw an interception on like the first pass of the game. That set the Rams up for uh, with a you know a one yard touchdown run. So um, a lot of it was if the 49ers just had some better quarterback play, they would have won those games too. Not just the last five games of the season. You know what I'm saying? And everybody kind of looks at it like that roster wasn't anything special. But I think consistently what we've shown is Kyle Shanahan, regardless of who's on the field, the team will be extremely competitive throughout most games and have a chance to win games. We seen we saw it this year. I don't think that, that with all the injuries that were happening, they were very competitive and really in position to win a lot of those games if just the quarterback position played a little bit better. And I look at it, you know, people are talking about players that the 49ers will lose and obviously Robert Sala, and I, you know, I hear it. And, and, and that's definitely legitimate. And that might hurt the 49ers when you think of how maybe a Super Bowl run if they can't retain some of these guys. But we know at the very least, if you have Matthew Stafford and he plays all 16 games, it really doesn't matter what players kind of walk in free agency. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Obviously, you want to keep guys like 
Trent Williams, and even getting a guy like Matthew Stafford helps you because he frees up money. And if you do extend them, I've talked about it before, if you extend them, you can um, move money around to where now you have more money for a guy like Trent Williams. But, you know, obviously you want a guy like Trent Williams, but say, say, say you make him a priority and you have Stafford. Everybody else, for the most part, there's a couple other guys you would really want to sign, like a Kawan Williams or a Jason Verrett. But if you have Stafford and he plays all 16 games, the 49ers are winning like 10 games, like regardless of who else is there. Like they're still going to be a playoff team. Now, obviously, you want to be a Super Bowl contending team. But just from that standpoint, they're gonna, you're going to have a chance. And I think that's what, you know, even with Garoppolo, 49ers really would have had a chance if Garoppolo just would have stayed healthy. And you can't count on that. So that's, that's the tough thing. I think Stafford just kind of brings, regardless, I know because a lot of people are like, well, he's not going to fix everything. But it's like, yeah, he might not fix everything. But this team is in the playoffs if Stafford plays all 16 games, which he's shown to do for the better part of his career. So, you know, and that's something that we hadn't seen from Garoppolo throughout his career. You know, he came over and in his last time playing live games, he was hurt and he missed, you know, he played two games and then got hurt. And then comes to the 49ers, you know, plays five games, start the first season, then plays two games and gets hurt again. And then this year, Plays one game, then gets hurt. Then comes back and is hurt. Like, he finished four games this year. <laughs> four. I don't even think it was uh-huh. four. I think he finished He finished three games this year. Like, yeah, I how think it was three that? and a half. I think it was three and a half. No, because he, he played, played three and a half. He, he right. played in six total games. But he finished three. Like, <laughs> there were three games he left. He left the Jets game at halftime. Right. He left the yep. Dolphins game at halftime. And he left the Seahawks game uh, on uh, shortly after halftime. Like, he finished three games. So, I mean, that's, that's just like, dude, you're, you're too much of a uh, – I don't want to call him a liability, but he's too much of a limited player who, to have to really depend on him to, to win. Well, and and, I and that's for that reason, to your point, to your point real quick, to your point real quick, it, it's like in – if the 49ers ride with Garoppolo and he gets hurt again, they're not going to look at Garoppolo like, damn, this guy can't stay healthy. They're going to look at Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and say, you decided to ride with this guy again. And he's hurt. You know, and, and that's why I'm, uh, that's why I'm thinking the 49ers are, are big players in the quarterback market this year. Because if, if they roll with Garoppolo again and he gets hurt again, then that's on them. And I'm not saying it's like hot seat time, but you're making yourself look bad for betting on a horse that's proven that you know probably not probably not the wisest decision. Right, even yeah. if those injuries are fluky and whatnot, is just what the results have been. Just like Kyle Shanahan and his coaching record, it is a little fluky, but it is what it is. So what are you going to do about it? Right, but hey, and I feel like we should we need to mention this. Before we roll out of here, at least they're not saying what the Rams are saying. <laughs> because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to what's going over on what's going on over in Los Angeles, but the 49ers may not be sold on Jimmy Garoppolo, but they've got a very easy out, and they can they could move on from this point forward whenever they want to. And they're still being very politically correct about how they address it and the things they say about Jimmy Garoppolo. The Rams, they don't give a shit anymore. They are, they have, they are airing their dirty laundry out in the open. You have the head coach 
saying that they, that him and his quarterback need marriage counseling. And then you've got the GM that's just like, well, we're kind of stuck with this guy. No, you have to read, you have to actually read his comments so they can kind of get the context behind what this dude said. Okay. So here's the first thing that, that, that less, less need, right? That's his name. Yeah. Less need the Rams GM. He says he was, he was asked whether Goff, will be with the Rams in 2021. And Sneed's reply was, what I can say is Jared Goff is a Ram in this moment, and it's way too early to speculate. The future, that's a beautiful mystery. <laughs> like, like, damn. Like, like, I would feel so small if I were Jared Goff after reading that. Like, And then so, the and the second kind of main paragraph is, Moving on from Jared Goff, the money we've invested in him, that's not easy to overcome. But this is a cap-based system. Anything can be done in a cap-based system. Every team right now that's over the cap, I bet all those teams figure it out. There's ways to do it. Like, damn. Damn. Yeah. That poor guy. I mean, not, I don't feel bad for him. He's making hell of money, but his team don't love him. Well, my initial reactions were, yeah, he's – I was like, damn, those are cutthroat comments. But also – I just felt like they feel the same way about their quarterback that the 49ers feel about theirs. They're just going about saying it a different way. They're right. just being more blunt with it. Kyle, he's saying these things. He's saying these things. like, But he's just saying it in a more politically correct way. You know? Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, we like our quarterback. Nothing is certain. Remember, he said that at first. Like, well, we, you know, we haven't made a decision on anybody uh, yet this or for the next season. Remember when he was saying that? Like, oh, yep. to say that we've made any decisions, that would be like incorrect or whatever. And that was when somebody had asked him about Jimmy Garoppolo. That was someone. That was that was when someone had asked him about Garoppolo, and that's what his response was. Like, we, you know, we haven't made any decisions. And then they followed up with um, saying, you know, yeah, you know, he's here unless we can find, you know, find an upgrade. Which you know, that upgrade better be damn good because not anybody's just gonna walk in here and. You know, be better than him. Not anybody's right. going to walk in and be better than him. And then he was like, um, uh, "But you know, yeah, that's our quarterback right now." And so they they were he's saying the same things that the <laughs> and oh, someone asked like, "Oh, how come you're not uh, extending him or moving money around to make make it uh, a more flexible contract to retain free agents?" And they're like, "Well, you know, if it comes to that point, you know, we can do it kind of in our back pocket, but." If they really planned on him being around, they would have did that already. They didn't want to. They didn't want to like, you know, tie their hands with in with this Garoppolo situation. They are looking to move on, so they're not saying anything that the Rams aren't saying, just in a different way. If that makes sense. Yeah, right. I, which is kind of crazy because one of the first knocks on John Lynch and, and and even, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a first time head coach was. You kind of like, are they going to be able to play those games? And it seems like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are doing a much better job hiding their hand than the Rams are, who, you know, Sean McVay is a first-time head coach, but Les Steen's been at this for a while. So it is funny to see the two contrasting ways of handling their situation, but I do think you make a good point. In the, and the fact that they both probably feel very similar about their quarterbacks. Like, this quarterback is, is not worth the money we're paying them, and we have to find a different solution. It's just they go about it in two very, very different ways, um, which is funny because I feel like the Rams' way of handling it is even like 
So you have like the 49ers politically correct way, and then I feel like the Rams' way of handling it is, is way on the other side. Like they probably could have found some middle ground as far as the things they wanted to say, but they just didn't care. <laughs> you know, it, it, they made it perfectly clear how they felt. So it's funny. It's funny. And I but, like that because at least the fans too know where they stand now. You know, half of the 49ers fan base understands where, you know, Kyle and those guys stand. But there's another side that, you know, they're still trying to – they don't want to read between the lines, I guess. Uh, but the Rams get, gave their fans no choice but to really feel <laughs> – right. like you have no choice. And, again, when I say they feel the same way about their quarterbacks, it, it's like – it is very similar. Like, you're, like, the quarterback is not the reason. Like, the quarterback is not the reason. What I mean by that is – like, you you can be a, a part of this success, and we can win with you, but you're not the reason we win. And I think that's – so that's what the Rams are saying. Like, the Rams just made it to the divisional round playoffs with Jared Goff. There's, I've had a lot of people, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Jared Goff. How? How's Garoppolo better? Like, I don't they're, know. They're, they're really the same player. And actually, golf has had more higher moments, like more consistent higher moments. Didn't he like lead the league and pass him like the 2019 or he was up there, up there near the top of, you know, like, you know. But fortunately for him, he didn't have or unfortunately for the fortunately for the 49ers, he didn't have the defense that the 49ers had, you know. Otherwise, those could have been two games that swung in the Rams favor instead of the 49ers winning. So, you know, there was just because Garoppolo, you know, threw what, multiple interceptions and fumbled. I think in those two games against the Rams, he turned the ball over four or five times in 2019 in the Super Bowl. Right. He turned the ball over like five times uh, against the Rams. It's not like he just played great in the 49ers, won those games because of Jimmy Garoppolo. No. So the Rams, they see it like this dude, like we can do better. Like he's average. 49ers coaches, they see it. We can do better. Like he's average. Now, again, Bethard and Mullins, like, no, that's not the answer. And they have to find a realistic answer. Well, I think now they know the realistic answer is Matthew Stafford. And I think that's why, it, you know, if you look at what people are reporting, um, not any, like, you know, credible guys, I guess. But what people are saying is, hey, 49ers are seeing if they can hold on to pick 12. But I bet you they will give up pick 12 if that's what it takes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, if you didn't have to give it up, you wouldn't. You know, like that's that's just that's just good bit. Like, why give up pick twelve when it's not going to take it? But the I think the Forty ers like you said, are just they're willing to to go that far if they need to. That would be my assumption. Um, but they're going to exhaust every every effort they can to work something out. That does it, you know? Because if the if the Forty ers find them in a position where they're landing somebody like Matthew Stafford, they're 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 gaining salary cap space, and they still get to hold on to pick twelve and land like you know a top. A draft's top two or three corner, or a, you know, maybe you get Stafford and you get the absolute best interior offensive line in the draft, or you know, something like that. And you're like, damn, like we got a lot better. But if I think if it meant a yes or no, like look, if you give us this, you got them. If you don't, you don't got them. They'd probably be willing to to pull the trigger. That's my assumption. That's what I think. For for the same reason we've mentioned multiple times here, like. Uh, sure, roll with roll with Garoppolo, but if it doesn't work out, then it's on you. It's on you. No excuses any at this right. from this point forward. But anyways, I, I mean, are we done? Is that it? It's a lot of I think that's it. 
I said, I mean, we had a lot of different quarterback points there. I, I like it. I like it. But um, we'll see. You know, hey, maybe the 49ers will land Aaron Rodgers. I'm just kidding. That was all stupid. Yeah, and now I wanted to say that, too. We're not saying, like, you know, this is just a, a realistic. And this was something that we didn't really want to talk about, right, until it was like, oh, no, he's officially on the market. If you remember back, right. we were like, people kind of were speculating, like, oh, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. We're like, dude, we haven't even heard. That that's a real thing or he's available. So you and I didn't really talk about it too much. I think we brought it up like for like five minutes in the pod and just asking like, hmm, like would you know, hypothetically speaking, would that be something good for the 49ers to go after? And we're like, you know, yeah. Well, now it's a legit thing and obviously with the 49ers with the highest odds, that actually is something for us to talk about. That is something for us to speculate. Um, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, we're not talking about Patrick, uh I mean not Patrick. Uh, we're not talking about uh, Deshaun Watson. We're talking about somebody who we really think is a realistic option for the 49ers, and that's Matthew Stafford. Yep, I agree. That's it, folks. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening to the Striking Gold podcast. Eric Crocker and I will be back on here again, uh, probably Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should do uh we should do like a mailbag or something, man. We haven't done one of those in a while. All right. Well, yeah. We can, we maybe maybe, maybe we do that. Yeah, maybe we do that. Um. Yeah, we'll probably. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it. We might. We might end up doing it. We'll tweet it out. You guys know how the. You guys know the deal on the mailbags. We'll tweet it out, and you guys uh, just make sure you keep an eye out on Twitter, and then you, you reply with your questions, and we'll roll with them on the podcast. You know, we could be the uh, the weekend, or, or maybe you know we'll still have one more pod before Super Bowl. So we'll see what we'll do for that. Got to offer our predictions, all that jazz. But anyways, I'm rambling on now. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to Striking Gold. But as you know. For another episode, we're signing out. Peace! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.